kicked off. And that wasn't on my paper. That shows you how an automaton I am that I just have to have it right in front of me. So anyway, uh, we're in Psalms 91. Uh, I hope you've been enjoying the series I've been doing, just the things that have stuck out to me as I'm reading through the Bible this year. And so obviously in my reading, I read a section of Old Testament and then Psalms, Proverbs, and then New Testament. And so, you know, then what I do is I, on Mondays, I look through the past week's reading and I, I mark things that stuck out to me. And then I pick the top that I want to do a sermon on or that speaks to me. And I think Psalms 91, if you're not familiar with it, you should be. And you should really chew on it this week because it, especially in this past year, you know, we've, we've asked the question, if you could uh, live anywhere, if you could dwell in any type of uh, building or place, where would that be? I'll let you think about that for a minute. Then we think about our society and we think about this past year, not just this past year, just in life sometimes, and especially not even about COVID, just about the so many false ideas flying around. And if you, if, if you try to stand for God and his word in a loving way, there's so many people that are all over the map on the things of God. And you struggle for a place to stand. You don't know who to trust because no offense, but with more information, causes less true information and you ask where do I stand who do I trust and in rough times what do I cling to where do I dwell where do you dwell you can take a choice to dwell on the sinking sands of whatever oh I'm into this these days or this is the stance or all this or you can choose to dwell in Christ the solid rock and so the action I want you to think about today is dwell in Christ. You say, that's a weird word. Well, it worked for the acrostic. We're going to be the word dwell. Okay, maybe you'll start using that today. On our men's Bible study, we learn new words, and we learned a new word, and then I forgot it, but uh, forward. Uh, we learned that in our men's Bible study. Some of you, sometimes we're pretty forward, you know, but, uh, and that's not a speech impediment saying forward, you know. And I'm talking to our Facebook, you guys can, uh, I'll wake you up in a minute. But I'm talking to our Facebook crowd because we didn't do our announcements on Facebook so we don't normally. But we're going to be back in the sanctuary on June 13th and we'd love you to come, but we'd love you to come before that because I want you to understand, no offense, church is not a building. You're the church. And I'm not anybody's judge on this. You've got to go where God leads you, but I think we're comfortable enough now that it's time to get back with God's people. So I encourage you to do that. And so June 13th will be in the sanctuary, but you can come before that. And so I encourage people to do that. Just wanted to stick that in there. But now, dwell in Christ. You know, the word dwell because we can is a continual action. You don't just, well, maybe if you're on a vacation or an Airbnb or something, you may dwell in a place for a day or two. But a lot of you have a permanent dwelling. And really, it's temporary. But... When we dwell in Christ, it needs to be continual. It's abiding. I encourage you to go to John 15 and look at that this week. But John 15, 5 says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him will bear much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. We need to dwell in Christ. And so Psalms uh, 91 really helps us understand that biblically. And so your first villain, uh, spelling out the word dwell, the first step in dwelling, living in Christ, is to decide to dwell to live in Christ. 
And so many times we say, well, I'm going to be there, Christ, when I need you, but the rest of the time I'm going to be out here. We've got to live in Christ. We've got to dwell in Christ. And it's a decision. Look at Psalms 91.1. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. Dwell, inhabit, abide, remains. The word shelter is a, a secret place. Why do we need a secret place? Because the things of the world are out to still kill and destroy, according to John 10. 10. But he also, John 10.10 10 also says he comes to have life and have it abundantly. If you think you can handle the things of life and the things that Satan throws at you, good luck. There's so many times we need to dwell, we need to be hidden in Christ. In the shelter, in that secret place, in the shadow. And the reason they bring up shadow, you've got to think about who the psalmist is talking to. They are in, a, in an environment that is hot, that is devastating. It's scorching hot during the day, and it's freezing at night. And so during the day, you're looking for shade, and there's not very many trees. And so they understood this, that I'm going to be in that secret place, in the shadow, and a shadow and shade in torturous times provides comfort. So no, not only are you hidden in Christ, but you're comforted and taken care of. We, uh, when we decide to abide and, and dwell in the comfort and protection of God, the only true God, your next fill-in, okay, you ready for this? When we dwell in Christ, we enjoy deliverance. Need to be delivered from anything? We're going to look here at verses 4 through 8. And he says this, the benefits of dwelling in Christ. He will cover you with his pinions and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and a buckler. You will not fear the terror of the night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in darkness, nor the destruction that wastes at noonday. A thousand may fall at my, uh, your side, ten thousand at your right side, but it will not come near you. You only look with your eyes and see the recompense of the wicked. Man, chew on that this week. Get excited, whatever you're going through. Because this is God saying, when you abide in me, I'm going to deliver you. Look at, go back to verse 4. He will cover you. That means a hedge of protection. Some of those old-time prayers, Lord, put a hedge of protection around them. You know, all that kind of thing. Well, you know what? We need to pray those some more. We need to pray for those for people that the devil is just really poking and trying to get to. But that word cover means a hedge of protection to fence in. But so many times with your free will, you say, well, I want to go wander. And guess what? We're sheep. And you let a sheep wander, he's going to die. We are helpless. And so that's why when he talks about the good shepherd in the New Testament, he talks about the sheep pen that they bring him in at night and that the gate is narrow so the thieves and the, and the, and the predators can't get them. He covers us. He fences us in. And we're under his protection. The two, uh, two descriptions, the pinions and under the wings, talking about an eagle. But we have chickens, and we're going to get a little bit into that in a little bit. But, you know, about two years ago, um, it was in the middle of uh, winter, and I happened to be home. I, I don't know what was happening. Maybe it was a snow day. I was driving the bus. You know, I was working from home, whatever. I'm getting ready to go. And for some reason, I don't know, I went out to the garage and I see a baby chick there. Now, we haven't been raising chicks. We've got chickens, okay? And so there was a, a mama hen that had kicked the cats out of their cat carrier and had brooded under 50 eggs. I say 50, it felt like 50. And those, those suckers were hatching. 
I sent the picture to Heather, and she's like, what? You know, really? So we got that mama heat lamp and got her all settled in. And boy, I tell you what, you got your hand in there next to those chicks, you're going to get bit a little bit or nipped or whatever they do. They've got talons and they don't really. But, you know, when I think of this verse, I think of the eagle, but I also think of the brooding chicken that she covers those chicks. And those chicks kept getting bigger and bigger and they would go in and out from underneath her wings. That's God. He covers us. He fences us in. But so many times you've got to get over it. Get over yourself. He knows better. So let him fence you in. Let him protect you. Let him cover you. He goes on, and you will, when we do this, we find refuge. That means our hope. I want us to understand, I was listening to a podcast this week, and we're talking about, they were, they were talking about how we can be so negative and talk about the negative things, but Christians, we have hope. That in the midst of this, we can choose to focus on this, and a dying world is so inundated with all that junk. We need to say we've got hope. We've got a refuge to hide. Because I'm, I'm not against the news, but if you're not in God's word and you're watching the news a lot, you need to stop. I didn't say be in, not be informed. I've given you information, not because of me, of how to be informed, but not be inundated. But so many times people are taking refuge in the government, whatever party it is, they're taking refuge in the news, or the lack of news, whatever it is. No! You need to take refuge and hope and be a witness of hope in Jesus Christ. That no matter what happens, I hope in Jesus. That's what that word refuge means. Why? Notice this. Because, he, because he, of his faithfulness. He, this is, look in verse 4. Faithfulness. That he consistently covers us. He consistently protects us. And shielded with God but yet I know better school of hard knocks and then the older we get the more we think we know better no we don't and I don't not mad guys we just got to get real with God here look at verse uh, the result verse 5 you will not fear the terror of night nor the arrow that flies by day Satan works in darkness so many times you lay your head to the bed and all, and all those, I was going to say, stupid texts where we take them the wrong way because were they mad? I got in trouble for texting back okay. Are you mad? How can you be mad when you text back okay? All right? You know, that's the standard thing of yes, leave me alone. Okay, whatever it is. Okay, you know, but I get it. Let's go on. But so many times at night, boy, he does a number, doesn't he? Especially if you've ate late, you know, that helps. Or you decide that you need to have caffeine when you shouldn't because you know the time it's going to keep you up. And those of you who need All right, but here's the deal, okay? He's going to cover you and protect you on the things that come in the dark. The arrow that flies by day. And so we need to understand that whatever season, whatever time in your life, guess what? He's going to protect you if you choose to dwell in him. See, this is the problem. It's us, whether we choose. Look at verse 6. 
nor the pestilence that stalks in darkness, nor the destruction that wastes at noonday. And that word pestilence is talking about disease. You know, when COVID started about a little over a year ago, and we were just getting a little bit of information, and we were just talking to each other on the phone, and we were figuring out what to do because nobody had ever been through it before. I'll be honest, it was scary because we didn't know what extent this stuff would be or what it would do to, uh, do to us. But the thing about it is the more we the more we from it, but... You know, this is talking about physical disease, but it's also talking about those spiritual diseases and the things that eat at our soul. That if we choose to abide in Christ, regardless of what happens to us physically or spiritually, we are okay. Because He is our refuge. But boy, how many have still stayed in that fear? And what, he, and what was one of the first series that we did, 2 Timothy 4, 7, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Look what Satan tries to do. And I've seen it. And I'm not making fun of anybody. I'm not discounting any views that people have. But when fear enters in, that is not from the Lord. He, regardless of the season, regardless... Uh, of what is going on look at verse 7 a thousand may fall at your side 10,000 at, uh, 10, at your right hand but it will not come near you now I, I believe physically and spiritually this can happen but I also believe we're in a fallen world and the proverb says the same rain falls on the just as the unjust so we can get things we can die we can be hurt by sinful people that make bad decisions and suffer for that but I also believe in God's supernatural power that one, eternally we're going to be okay, but two, he can intervene. And we see this over and over again as we watch the Chosen series, we've seen it in our lives, that God supernaturally intervenes and protects us. Can you imagine that? You're watching people fall all around you. You're seeing destruction. You're, you're, you're walking around seeing people truly lost and searching. What does that do as a witness to the world, Christians, when they see someone that is walking with hope in the midst of that. They want to ask the question, what's going on with you? What do you got going on in your life? Where are you dwelling? Man, can you imagine that? Because look at verse 7. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You got to dwell. Didn't say about when you wander got to dwell in Christ oh and we're talking about we may say why are evil people getting away with evil things and Christians you should stand up for things and you should speak up and more biblical things than not and especially when it comes to the things of life because God tells us to but I want you to understand nobody is going to get away with anything and one day like verse 8 we will see what happens to those that do not choose God as their dwelling place Everything will be made right and nobody gets uh, away with anything. And we will see victory in Christ because when we dwell in Christ, your next feeling, we live continually covered. Continually covered. We're delivered. He got me out of that. But I'm also covered. But the benefits of dwelling in Christ don't end here. Let's look at verses 9 through 13. Because you've made the Lord your dwelling place, the Most High, who is my refuge, no evil shall 
be allowed to befall you. No plague come near your tent, for he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all ways. And on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against the stone. And you will tread on a lion and an adder and a young lion, and the serpent you will trample underfoot. Now, this is not necessarily a prophecy about Jesus. But when we go to Matthew 4, we see that Satan, Jesus was in the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights and fasted and Satan tempted him. This is where we get um, Matthew 4, 4. Jesus said to him, man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. But we see, uh, we see Satan misquoting the use of this verse in Matthew because he takes Jesus to the top of the temple and says, jump off. And has it been said that he will protect you and send his angels but that's not just for Jesus this is for all of us and some of you guys as guardian angel gets a workout you know there's God's grace you know Satan was trying to get Jesus to do he was trying to get him to push God well he said he's going to do it and we've seen this a lot. I, I don't mean this in a bad way. I know they handled snakes in the Bible, but they, I'm not against my brothers and sisters that do that, but I don't find anywhere we need to do that. I want you to understand, Paul was not saying, hey, let's go handle snakes. Paul reached in a fire, got, uh, was tending it, got bit by a snake and lived and testified to God. And it's talking more about spiritual things, but we need to stop pushing God. Oh, he'll take care of me. Yes, he will. But he also gave you a brain. But he's given us angels, and they're as real as you and I. You see, over and over again, we need to understand, Ephesians chapter 6 talks about a spiritual, that our struggle is not against flesh and blood, against the rules, against the powers, against the world forces of this present darkness. We need to understand, over and over in the Bible, we see God opening people's eyes to see the spiritual realm. And there are angels that are guarding us. There are people in a read, God has protected me so much from so many things. And it wasn't because I was pushing it. I just wasn't aware. And I saw his hand all the way through it. My goodness, two years ago, this month, I should be dead. After a graduation party when it was a less traffic time, I'm crossing 60 and I get T-boned and spinning around. That was when my, my son was here and was able to preach for me. And I'm not making light of it, but I should be dead. That was God's angels watching over me. Hey, that'd be a good song. Amy Grant. Okay, there you go. I'm just messing with you. So, go way back there. So, so we need to understand this, that this is real. And I don't know... If you have one guardian angel and his name's Billy Bob or I don't know what the deal is, but there is a spiritual warfare going on there and they're there to, to help you, to protect you, to empower you, but again, doing what God wants you to do. And nine, we're reminded of the reason. Because you have made the Lord your dwelling place, the Most High, who is my refuge. You have decided, I'm going to follow and I'm going to live in him because he is my refuge, my hope. That because we've done that, no permanent evil eternally can touch us. And sometimes when he protects us here, it is to be glorified. How did that happen? It was God. I was talking to a 
doctored the other day. I wasn't trying to. I was at the whatever that restaurant is by the ball field in Stratford. It happened to be open. Oh, I went. No, shoot. Okay, well, anyway. And as always, this guy is this guy is talking to me, and he's a retired doctor, and he said, you know, I, I think he was a believer. I talked to him about that, but he said how many times he saw as a doctor things that you cannot explain to God. Sorry, if you believe in Jesus, you need to believe in the devil. And if you believe in those things, you need to believe in angels. And there's an unseen spiritual world. And so many of us are, and I don't mean live in fear, I think you need to be aware of God's protection and God's provision. And because he's commanded his angels to, to go and to keep us and to bear us up and to hold us up in the times that are hard. And look at verse 13, even for the kingdom we are guarded depending on what treacherous things we go through. I do not want to handle a snake just to handle a snake. But there's a lot of things in life that can bite you. There's a lot of places I've walked into and it's like God's bubble was all over me. I want this to encourage you. Your next film, when we decide to dwell in Christ, we, we live a guarded life. That doesn't mean well, you live guarded. That doesn't mean I'm not going to let anybody in. Who's guarding you? I want you to see the results. With life I will satisfy him and, and show him my salvation. What's the result of dwelling in Christ? Long life. Not just always physically. But we're going to live somewhere eternally. And guess what? You want to live eternally with Christ. Not from Christ. That is hell. That is torment. That is separation from God. That is from Jesus. And so when, when we dwell in him, we dwell for eternity in him, which is awesome. And it's a life, he says, of satisfaction. A life of fulfillment. A life of completeness. A fulfilling life. And that can be now. I know we struggle with things and I, and I know we go up and down and all this stuff. But those of you that walked with God and dwelled with God, like the song says, it wouldn't take nothing from my journey. It keeps getting better and better. It's not that life gets better and better, but your relationship with, you know it's better with Jesus than without Jesus. Satisfaction. Because we have decided to put our faith and dwell in Christ, we enjoy salvation and relationship. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. That's what happens when we dwell in God. Long, eternal, satisfying, fulfilling life in Christ. We've moved from death to life. We've moved from being set in sin to salvation. And so your last it dwells, I'm going to give you an S, I said dwell, okay. It's a satisfying, a saved long life, and when we choose to dwell in Christ, we are safe and secure. Safe and secure, let's look at this for a minute. I want you to understand this. You're only saved once. So when you decide that, hey, I'm going with Jesus, that happens. But so many times... We decide, I'm not going to stay with you today, God. We may not say it that way, but I'm going to try this one on my own. And I can handle it. It doesn't work well for me. It's a continual, 
process to decide that I am going to follow Christ. And, and then when he, we are protected and we are delivered and we are covered, but we need to, and we are also, as we said, guarded. I want this to, to encourage you. Because you've got all these voices talking to you every day that are trying to tell you different. And I'm not saying things are good, but God is better. And I want you to take this week, this Psalms, and chew it and understand, regardless I'm protected, regardless I'm delivered, regardless I am covered and guarded. I am safe and I am secure when I dwell in Christ. So I got a question for you. You know, maybe this was a short sermon. I didn't plan it that way, but you know what? It's it's this is good stuff. I'm not talking about the sermon, I'm talking about God's word, okay? But today, this season, what or who are you dwelling on or in? Think about it. I dwell on stuff a lot. I get mad later. And I'll chew and chew and stuff, and I can't stand my little prayer book. I tell you what, that thing is, it's like these little paragraphs every day, and I read them, and it's like zings me. And when it said, you need to talk uh, loving things behind people's back. It's like, man. <laughs> man, that means I'm not going to be talking at all. <laughs> okay. Pastor, you're horrible. Well, you're just as bad. We're sinners saved by grace. Okay. You know what I'm saying? But you know what? A lot of times when somebody does me wrong, I dwell on it. And I like to get others to dwell on it in a holy prayer request. I met a pastor the other day. He's got three prayer lists. And one of them, you don't want to be on the third one because I think it's a zap them Lord list. I, I'm not ready to go. I, it was, but it's like, I'm going to be nice to you, pastor. You're 80 years old. You probably got some power, okay? What's going on there? But we don't need to be like that. But so many times we're dwelling on stuff. Dwelling on the list of how many have died or how many have been affected. I am not making light of these things. On who's in and who's out and how our country is going. These are things we should be aware of. What about dwelling in Christ and walking through there and letting people see the hope? You mean you're not obsessed by this? You're not consumed by this? What is going on with you? Who or what are you dwelling on or in? And how can, and, and how, uh, let, let's look back at, Psalms verses 14 and 15. I knew I had more in here because you said he skipped 14 and 15 because I see 14 and 15 as the application. Look at this. Because he holds fast to me in love, I will deliver him. I will protect him because he knows my name. When he calls to me, I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him. This is your homework and application of this section of scripture today. Verses 14 and 15. We can dwell in Christ by holding fast. That means clinging to Christ. I love my little dog. Her name's Lily. The rest of the family, I feel they don't like her, but I don't like their cats. So we've got a war going on here. Lily is very timid. She's 10 plus years old. And she gets to the point she shakes. A little bit when she gets nervous 
But boy, wherever I'm at, she gets right by me and stays right by me. That's what he's saying here. You are Lily. She's cute. All right, but you on your own can do nothing, and you need to get as close as you can and cling to God. Hold fast. That movie, Master and Commander, cool movie about ancient times and, and ships and stuff. And, and they're in a storm and it's horrible and they're all trying to hold on. And this young sailor, he doesn't know what to do. And he looks over at this, this old sailor who's got a weathered face and he just looks like he was thrown out yesterday. And he has his hands together and he's holding on to this rope and he has tattooed on his hands, hold fast. I'm not saying get the tattoo. Hold fast to Jesus. Cling to Jesus because he delivers us, because he protects us, because he knows us, he's aware of us. Notice this, verse 14, because he holds fast to me in love. We're in a love relationship. We love him because he first loved us and didn't say, I'm going to choose to be delivered from the death of hell, death and the grave. Because of my love for you, giving his son for us. He delivers us. He will protect us. Why? And he knows. So many times, guys, when you're going through all these things and you've got a thousand falling on this side and a thousand falling on this side, and that's why I feel we're at the American church. And that's why I feel we are with the Bible and evangelism and holding to God's word. Hold fast. Cling to God. He knows you. He knows your name. That's why we talk about personal Savior and Lord. Because he knows us by name, look at verse 13, uh, verse 15. When he calls to me, I will answer him, and I will be with him, and I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him. So we need to hold fast, but we need to call to him. We need to cry out to him. We need to pray to him. I'm trying to do better in this, and I go back and forth, and the devil does not want you to pray. And he doesn't want his, uh, God's church to pray because it's dangerous. We need to be praying more than ever. And we need to get comfortable with it. When we call to Him, when we cry out to Him, when we pray to Him, He answers us. He will answer us. And He will be uh, with us in all times. And, and he, will, uh, he will protect us from trouble and rescue us. And take care of us. And honor us. Look at that 15 again. When he calls to me, I will answer him and I will be with him in trouble. Never been in trouble. And I will rescue him and I will honor him. All if I choose to dwell in him and hold on to him and to call to him. So that's your application today. Are you dwelling in him? Are you clinging to him? You know what it's like when something's clinging to you. When I'm not there... Yeah, my dog goes and gets on the bed. When I'm not there, Heather hates it because that dog just gets right up next to her. She won't let me, but she'll, <laughs> no, she doesn't like the dog. I'm just messing with you. Uh, but, you know, that dog will get right up next to her. That's what we need to be doing with God. Oh, I'm tough. No, you can't. I don't care how old you are. I don't care how young you are. I don't care how much testosterone you have or you have not. You can't. You can't. 
This is your application this week. Verses 14 and 15, to dwell in him, to hold on to him, and to call on him. Where are you dwelling? What are you, who are you calling? Not Ghostbusters. Call God. As we stand to our feet and have a time of invitation, the question I have, where are you living? Well, I want to live here. Or I'm 